0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack podcast. This is Dustin here on the, on the Friday show. And today on the show, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, remakes. And specifically, I'm going to talk about how to ruin a remake. And more specifically yet, I'm going to talk about uh, how to ruin a Disney remake. In regard to the live-action remakes from their animated classics, but before I get into that, on Monday, on the Monday Madness show, for those of you that caught it, Anthony asked, well, he didn't ask me, he asked you guys uh, if you had, if you were planning on, based on the the new announcements and and pricing, uh, we're planning on getting either of the new systems, uh, Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S. PlayStation 5 with the optical drive or the PlayStation 5 without the optical drive or are you planning on upgrading your uh, PC uh, or are you going to try and find one of the elusive switches that are so hard to come by in the wild now it, well he asked asked this to you all and myself kind of by proxy kind of by accident I think and my answer is yes I am. I am going to jump headfirst into the new generation. I said I was going to wait, but I have. I've gotten so hyped. I've gotten so excited about all of it, and I do plan to stay in the Microsoft family. I'm a Microsoft man. What can I say? I'm going if I can. Uh, he he told me that this new graphics card that he's on about and the PlayStation Fives uh, went on pre-order and sold out at Best Buy within minutes crash servers the whole nine so I'm gonna try and get a pre-order in and I want to get a Xbox Series X and I want to get an Xbox Series S if I can swing the family budget around it of course Uh, and why too Dustin you might ask that that seems a little indulgent. And you'd be right. That does seem a little indulgent, especially on the outside looking in and saying it out loud. Um, I work in a place that is uh, remote. Uh, So oftentimes I have to work away from my family, away from my kids. And one of the things that we like to do when I'm not at work but away is we like to play games together. And so currently I have an old Xbox One, one of the uh, original Xbox Ones, and I have an Xbox One X that I take with me to and from work. So I plan on getting them both so I can continue that tradition of playing games with my kids, Al- albeit, you know, all they want to play right now is, is Fortnite, and, you know, it's, it's growing on me, but like I heard on the Internet, when you shoot a man and he turns into a house, you can't, can't help but get a little, little bit frustrated <laughs> so Anthony talked about on the Monday Madness uh, show. hopefully you guys caught that. If not, go back and listen to that episode, a good one um, about the cost of uh, of these new new Xboxes. The Xbox series X is going to be 499 and the Xbox series S is going to be299. And they have a credit program where you can get the console, and a subscription to Game Pass Ultimate, a $15 value, for $34.99 for the Series X and for $24.99 for the Series S. And so no matter how you slice it, that is a good damn deal. I mean, for the Series X, basically you're getting the most powerful next-generation console, you know, save PC computing, for a little bit more than a Netflix subscription or like a Netflix and uh the Hulu subscription you're getting it's like it's like 20 bucks it's like 20 bucks for a series x and and like 10 bucks for a series that's a great deal i mean if you've got if you if you got the credit to swing it right um but despite these good values i mean game pass It has over a hundred games on it and Microsoft has committed to having all of their first party exclusive games show up on game pass on the day that they launch. So if you're the, you're the kind of person that buys not a bunch, but maybe two triple a games a year. That's, that's game pass, man. You've paid for it in the, in the year and you've got access to all of these new games for one price. I mean, it's a pretty dang good deal. Um so despite the despite the low price of the Series S, despite the banging deal uh, of Game Pass of the of the Xbox all access program, and before I get into this, y- yeah, I guess I'm a little bit of a micro I'm a little bit of an Xbox fanboy. I don't, I don't try and dunk on the PlayStation cause there's a lot of good PlayStation games. And, and I've, I've owned many, all many, all of them. I've owned all <laughs> I've owned. I've owned all the PlayStations there ever was. I, I have a PlayStation four. I'm sitting my computer on it right now. <laughs> I'm recording this from the garage. I'm trying not to wake anybody up. We'll see if it works. Uh, I'm getting a little wild tonight. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good and online in the in the industry atmosphere, especially like the big names that get like IGN and GameSpot, they're very they give preferential treatment to Sony and PlayStation. All the meanwhile, Xbox and Microsoft are doing all of these really customer-friendly things. It's it blows my mind. And a lot of the The criticism of Xbox is that, you know, Xbox doesn't have, it doesn't have the games. You know, PlayStation's got God of War, it's got The Last of Us, it's got others. (laughs) What else does it have? It's got Ratchet and Clank. I guess that's not a, I mean, I'm not super stoked on Ratchet and Clank. What else do they have? Crash Bandicoot, I don't think that's an exclusive anymore. Horizon Zero Dawn, that's a good one that they've got. They've got that new one about the ghosts coming out on the PlayStation 5. That looks really cool. They've got the Ghosts of Tsushima. A lot of people are playing that. But Xbox has games too. They have exclusive games and it's not just Sea of Thieves. The games that they have slated to come out on the Series X... Our Halo Infinite, I know it's been delayed, and I'm upset. I'm just as upset as you are about that. I was looking forward to playing with Anthony on Halo Infinite, but it's coming out in 2021, so it's still coming. And that's a good exclusive. That's name recognition. A lot of people know that. In 343, a lot of Halo players say they ruined it, but then a lot of them said, based on what they've seen of this one, it's coming back to where it needs to be. I've enjoyed all of them. Uh, so, I, I I like the Halo games. They've got a new fable coming. There's a game called Everwild Eternals. Uh, a, a game called Avowed. Now, Avowed is... It's funny because if you follow any of the history uh, with the Fallout franchise, the publisher, Bethesda, gave the Fallout assets from Fallout 3... To a company called Obsidian, and Obsidian used those assets to make probably the most beloved Fallout game that there's ever been, Fallout New Vegas, or at least in my opinion, in Anthony's opinion, in Tom's opinion, our our childhood classmate. Uh, (laughs) And those are the only three opinions you need. You don't even need to go on the internet to get what you need. But they made that game and then Bethesda took the license back and they said, no more games for you. You make them too good. You're making us look bad, kid. And they made uh, Fallout 4, which was panned because it, it wasn't, well, it wasn't panned, but it, was, it wasn't it was as good of an RPG. It was a good, it was a better first-person shooter. It was a better adventure game, but it was too linear. It, um, it didn't have the same RPG elements that New Vegas had. And then... They took the license and made Fallout 76, that which was critically panned for being uh, unfinished, for being empty, for being lackluster, for being poorly thought through, and, uh, uh, you know, just really buried the franchise into the ground. At this point, Obsidian comes back and they say hey look we can make a fallout game called the outer worlds it's not a fallout game but it's our own game that's like fallout but better than fallout uh check it out and they made a stellar open world rpg much akin to the one they made when they made new vegas and then this preview drops uh avowed which bethesda you know they they got They ran the Skyrim name into the ground. They played that game so much on so many consoles. There was even the joke that they made about putting it on the... uh, No, they did put it on Alexa. They put it on... They put it on Alexa. That's right. And... So it... They ran Skyrim into the ground. And this trailer... It looks like a first-person action adventure open world rpg with magic sorcery knights and swords in the in the same vein as a skyrim or elder scrolls game and so it it just it's like obsidian is dunking on bethesda and i love it and it's coming to the xbox it's going to be an xbox game because obsidian is now part of the microsoft games family there's psychonauts uh psychonauts 2 I never played the original Psycho Knots, but uh, apparently it's a cult classic. Uh, the Gunk, The Medium, Sinuous Saga, Hellblade Two, Scorn, and and these are just some of the new games that are coming to the Series X. You can't you can't forget. I mean, you can, but you you shouldn't forget the litany of games that are already on Game Pass. There's hundreds of games on Game Pass that will be included in this all-access price. Uh, And that's just the games on Game Pass. Don't forget the thousands of games that are immediately backwards compatible on the Series S and Series X. Like, you cannot bring your PlayStation library with you from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 5, and, the, and 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 2-in-1, you can't do it. But on Xbox, you can. So you immediately have access to thousands of more games than you do on PlayStation 5. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of ports on PlayStation 5. But for a game company and a game console to boast that they can give you access to your entire games library on their new system, plus access to whatever new games, <laughs> I mean, it it boggles my mind that m- more people aren't... Im- I still have a lot of games that I like to play on my Xbox, on my Xbox One, on my X- Xbox 360 games that I have are, that are backwards compatible now. And so I get to bring my entire current library with me to a new console and a new console of games. And you might say, well, well, why not just keep the old console then? The point is, darling, convenience. Convenience is, is what makes me want this new console that has my whole library on it. And, and if, if those games that I just rattled off there and the enticement of an entire library of a service dedicated to bringing you all the new titles immediately does not entice you enough, there's going to be more games. Microsoft, I know you've seen the news. They have just been buying up over the last few years incredible game studios. One after the other. I mean, under the Xbox Game Studios kind of mothership, you've got 343 Studios. For Halo, you've got the Obsidian games. Like I said, Fallout New Vegas, Pillars of Eternity. Uh, Grounded just came out. It's a great game. It's a survival game in the vein of Ark and Minecraft and all those. Playground games. uh, They do... uh, What do they do? They do... They do Forza. I think they're actually the ones doing... Uh, the new Fable game. There's the new studio, The Initiative. We haven't seen anything out of them yet, but I'm sure, you know, Microsoft is making something out of it. Double Fine. uh, Oh, shoot. Double Fine did... um, Back on PlayStation... I think it was PlayStation 2? Maybe PlayStation 3. There was a game called Brutal Legend. It starred Jack Black, and he was a roadie who was smashed while on tour, like, by a big statue... And then he went to this crazy, like, rock fantasy land where you'd like, you'd fly over this battlefield and you'd host battles and Ozzy Osbourne was in it and you'd drive a car around this open world. It was incredible. It was really, really fun. Um, World's Edge, they do Age of Empires. Uh, in Exile, uh, Rare is in the Xbox Game Studios library now. The Coalition, Compulsion Games... Uh, Mojang, Mojang, Mojang—the Minecraft boys. I mean, Minecraft's the most popular game in the world. I mean, or it's the most downloaded game in the world, anyway. And they've—they've done—they did Minecraft Dungeons with the license. I, it's all right, but there's other. I—they're going to do more. Mojang is not done uh, making Turn Ten, Ninja Theory, Undead Labs. I think. I think that the value that is being undersold on the Internet right now of Microsoft and of Xbox is a great reason to jump into Xbox this season, especially for the for the value. Even if you're going to buy the Series S outright, I think it's the same price as a Nintendo Switch for a, a system that is objectively more powerful than the Nintendo's. Granted, you can't, you know take the Nintendo or take the Xbox on a road trip with you. You know, Anthony and I did talk about uh, storage potentially being an issue. Um, Not enough, not enough space. You know, the Series S comes with uh, 500 gigs of internal space and then the X comes with a terabyte and then you can get those one terabyte expansion uh, memory cards. We're also not big fans of the fact that this is like proprietary um Xbox memory card storage we thought we'd moved away with that with <laughs> with the uh PlayStation 2 I think it was um yeah not not a big fan of that development and I hope they make bigger ones because 1 terabyte's not going to cut it either I like I said I am bringing my whole digital library with me I'm going to need some more space but apparently you can use the You can use the hard drives that you already are using for your Xbox One for your older games. But you're going to need these memory cards for the newer games. It's a mess. I don't care for it. Anthony doesn't care for it. Anthony, if I'm speaking out of turn, please let me know. Um, (laughs) And to top it off, uh, PlayStation 5. They also just released their release date. They're launching on November twelfth, and it's five hundred dollars for you know the version with the optical drive, and then four hundred dollars for the digital PlayStation Five as well. It's it's hilarious because uh, they're releasing two days after the Xbox released, and or is going to release in November, and it was both announcements were forced by a leak and then they then they announced i you know i'm not i'm not going to talk too much about it because i know anthony wants to talk a little bit more about it in his monday madness episode so be sure to turn, tune into um monday madness uh, to hear a little bit more about his thoughts on the uh you know playstation 5 and on the ongoing console wars um you know war War never changes. <laughs> I do think it's funny, though, that because if we if if the leaks didn't happen on these console, what would we just be? Would we be waiting until November? Like, would they would they have played this game of chicken all the way up to release date? And you just give them your credit card and you say, you know, charge me what you think is fair, Sony. <laughs> Here's a blank check, Microsoft. You you take it home and, and you know, give yourself what you think you earned. Oh my God! All right, <laughs> what I actually wanted to talk about on this episode, I, I went went on far too long about Xbox. I am a I, I apparently more of a fanboy than I had I had thought, but I I want to talk about uh, Disney and how they're they're ruining uh, remakes. It, I'm going to talk about a few things. I'm going to talk about how they ruin remakes. I'm going to talk about uh, Disney+, Plus. you know, what the purpose of a remake is, and kind of what ruining a remake means, and then how Disney is actually doing it. So uh, to start off with, uh, Disney+, Plus, and I've talked with Anthony about this. I've talked to my brother about this, but it's its value, I mean, it's got... a a big back catalog of old cartoons and old movies. But if you are my kids or Anthony's kids or my brother, (laughs) you'd much rather spend your time watching YouTube videos of other children playing with toys that you either have or want to have or want to have more of, or just take them out of the box because that is something that, that kids really get their rocks off on now, is watching other kids get presents. Mostly these spoiled brats on the internet. But that's not the topic of today's show. Oh, no. Uh, So Disney Plus hasn't really added anything new. Like Netflix always has new shows incoming. They're always cycling through their library to make it new, interesting, and exciting. Uh, Hulu does the same. The huge catalog, old television shows, uh, you know, the nostalgia uh, it runs rampant. By the way, there's a um, there's a movie on Amazon that if you have the Amazon Prime, it's called Redline. It's an anime. It's great. It's about racing cars. Super fun. And they do it on a planet called Robo World. And I need to do a podcast about it, but I'm not going to talk about it now. But I just did. So back to Disney. And they they had the Mandalorian. Like, that was good. But we haven't gotten a single Marvel Disney show yet. So the value of Disney Plus is kind of negligible in that I don't when I when I go to Veg Out, when I go to Binge, I don't automatically switch on Disney Plus, which you'd think them being or them having ownership of one third of the the movie industry, you would think that would be a little bit more of a powerhouse when it came to streaming but i guess you know netflix does have a leg up on them they've been doing it for a longer a longer period of time so we'll get back to disney plus in a moment the the purpose of a remake is special effects have gotten better acting has gotten better it's less less hammy less uh cheesy the the writing's gotten better Um, maybe the topics are a little bit more relevant to you today or they, they rearrange it. So the topic of the movie is a little bit more relevant to you, but the remake is in my mind to make a movie better. Some people say that when you remake a movie and as soon as they hear the announcement about it, or as soon as they see the trailer of the remake, from a beloved classic that they love, they said, oh man, they're ruining that movie, the, the original movie. And I don't think that's true, because you can't take anything away from that original movie. That original movie is still the movie that you saw, and when you go back and watch it, it's going to be just the same. But you can ruin a remake. You can't necessarily ruin the original, but you can you can definitely ruin the remake. So, I have this conversation with my cousin Jesse all the time, where you 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 look at a thing, and you see it through uh, the the eyes of yourself when you were a kid or when you were younger or when that was amazing to you. And the action is not the same as it appears on screen. In your head, they're doing these amazing things. So in the remake, now that you have uh, enhanced wire techniques and practical effects and special effects, you can now make a movie that lives up to that fantastical movie that was in your head. At least in the case of most of most of the kinds of movies that I watch and enjoy. And if it does that, if it lives up to that fantastical element, well then you've done a good job with your remake. So to ruin a remake, it would have to have bad acting or it would have to have something that is, is missing. That would, you would think would be the base for the old movie, the the base of the old movie coming through in the remake, but just better, shinier and more pumped up, overblown, I, I guess, uh, but ruining a remake doesn't ruin the original movie. Now, Disney has done a few remakes. Well, and I'm when I'm talking about remakes here, I'm talking specifically about live-action remakes of beloved classic animated features. And so they remade um, Alice in Wonderland 1 and 2, uh, Cinderella, they did um, the Dalmatian 101 Dalmatians movies. Uh, the remakes I, I want to talk about specifically are, are kind of the newer generation of Disney remakes that started with um, Angelina Jolie's uh, Maleficent. And she did Maleficent 2. There was Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. Alice in, oh, Alice in Wonderland was uh, one of the older ones, I think. The Jungle Book, Pete's Dragon, Dumbo, Aladdin, Lady and the Tramp, Lion King, and Mulan. And some of these were done, all right, but I, I want to focus on the on the two that I think got it very very wrong, and that is a Lion King and Mulan. Uh, we j- <laughs> we just watched Mulan. My. Um, brother he bought it on his Disney Plus (laughs) dumb bastard and uh, we all went over to his house had a kind of a movie night and we watched Mulan it was not as good (laughs) surprise surprise as the original didn't ruin the original the original is still great we actually had to watch the original to detox from that movie Uh, but Lady and the Tramp and Mulan went direct To Video On Demand. They both went to Disney Plus automatically. Mulan doing this kind of premium Disney Plus access. You pay $30. It's kind of like a pay-per-view event. But now it's part of your Disney Plus library. Uh, And then the rest of the Disney Plus subscribers will get it in a couple couple of months. Mulan cost about the same amount as a regular... As a regular Disney big-budget movie, it cost $200 million to make. Lady and the Tramp, on the other hand, cost $60. $60. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, probably. Look like it. Lady and the Tramp cost $60 million to make. Black Widow was supposed to come out in May. Mulan was supposed to come out in June or July. Why would they? Why would they bump Mulan to a video on demand, a direct to Disney Plus release, even though it was coming out after Black Widow? Why wouldn't they do that with Black Widow first? I mean, obviously that'd be my preference, but they know it's not as good of a movie. Marvel has that good brand. <laughs> it's got that. Je ne sais quoi. It's got that... I don't know. It's bombastic. It's exciting. They do them well. The special effects are great. The practical effects are awesome. The characters live up to the characters that we had in our mind when we were children reading those comic books and watching those cartoons. The live-action... Disney remakes do not they just they don't there were some problems with Aladdin overall a, a pretty a pretty good uh, movie a pretty good remake of the original had had some of the same feelings but made itself its own its own film now the problems with Aladdin you know when the trailers came out the genie was well you know it wasn't Robin Williams for one which are big shoes to fill, and the CG just wasn't there. It looked kind of just off. But the biggest problem with Aladdin, in my eyes, is that it did not feature a obviously very intelligent and talkative monkey. <laughs> and it did not feature a very intelligent and self-aware Iago the bird. These elements, for some reason, for some studio executive, were far too fantastical to be put in a movie with a gin summoned from a lamp to grant wishes. What? What are you talking about, Disney? Put the fucking talking monkey in. Jesus Christ, what are you doing? So, that was a problem with Aladdin and the problem with Mulan was that Mulan also decided to abandon the funnest parts of that movie. not that Aladdin didn't do that, but Mulan did the three uh, fellow soldiers that behaved so badly with her in camp when they were preparing to fight the Huns. Well, they were reduced to to very, very small roles and they didn't have an ounce of the comedic comedic timing and and humor and just fancy free that they did in the movie. There were no, no song elements and so that was some of the best parts of Mulan. The grandma wasn't in it. The cricket wasn't in it. And the biggest gripe that I have about Disney's Mulan, and we knew it before it came out, there was no Mushu. Mushu played by Eddie Murphy in the original animated classic. And defenders of the film will say, well, you know, Mulan is is a classic tale. It's older than the old animated show. And so, of course it didn't have, you know, the Disney flair of Mushu in it. Well, pardon me, but why the hell not? If it, if it didn't have Mushu in it, but you're going to put a flying witch in it, and you're going to make up these really weird plot points, why not just put a talking dragon in it? Like, I didn't come to see a Disney remake to see a remake of an ancient Chinese classic fairy tale. I came to see a remake of a Disney animated classic that I loved and I enjoyed when I was younger. But you couldn't give us that, Disney. You couldn't. Now, part of the reason that there's those problems with Aladdin, with Iago and Abu, and part of the reasons that there's those problems with Mulan, with Mushu, is I think illustrated best in the problems with the Lion King remake. So the Lion King remake was dang near shot for shot the original animated movie albeit the songs were dramatically shortened and changed the lines were very similar they were very close the biggest problem with the lion king is it did not portray the any personality you can't have the same kind of personality the same kind of exuberance portrayed by a cartoon lion As you do one from what looks like a Nat Geo, you know, shoot in the Sahara. You just, you can't do it. And so, not the Sahara, the Savannah. (laughs) You can't have the same amount of uh, character put into something that you are trying to make super realistic. And they do look realistic. However they do still kind of cross into the uncanny valley. And I know what you're thinking. How can there be an uncanny valley is most closely associated with human beings that don't look just right uh, when it comes to their face or their expressions. But I think it can be applied to, to lions as well. I don't know. I don't know, maybe maybe this is all not worth rambling about, but it's something that I, I was thinking about the other day. I mean, they got Rocket the Raccoon to look good in Guardians of the Galaxy. And they got me to believe that Rocket the Raccoon was a character in real life. Something that had I been a fan of those characters in the comics or seen them in cartoons before watching the movie, I would have gone, yes, that is what I imagined when I actually watched those cartoons and, and looked at those comic books. I mean, good CG can be done. You know, the apes in the 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 remakes of the the War on the Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, they were good looking apes. They looked. They felt like they had a physical presence in the world that was being portrayed on film. I don't know why these Disney remakes are getting the short end of the stick when it comes to the CG costs. Pay, pay the amount of price to get the Planet of the Apes apes looking CG into a Disney remake movie and put a talking Eddie Murphy dragon. Cast Kevin Hart, man. He's the comedian of our time. Um, or Eddie Murphy, he's back. God, God damn! Uh, I don't, I don't get it. We bought and watched Mulan, and and we'll do it for the next Disney remake. That no doubt is not going to learn any of the lessons from this one because they're successful. I mean, Lion King made one and a half billion dollars. Mulan, I'm sure, will do very well. I mean, if the fifty four million. People that are subscribed to Disney Plus purchase this for 30 30 bucks, they're going to make one and a half billion dollars. If half of them do, they'll make half that. They'll make 700 million. It'll still be a, a wild success because it costs 200 million to make. And I want that to be a good lesson for Disney to say, "Hey, your movies can be pro- profitable on Disney Plus. Please put Black Widow and the Eternals on Disney Plus because I want to watch them, and I don't want to have to go to a theater to to fight a horde of people that are coughing in my face. Please put them on Disney Plus. God damn it! <laughs> I feel like I've gotten way more riled up in this episode than I have in any of the other episodes." So I bought Mulan. Well, my brother bought Mulan so we could teach them a lesson that uh, <laughs> Marvel movies need to go on Disney+. Plus. But they're going to learn the wrong lesson from it and they're going to be like, more movies like Mulan <laughs> need to go on Disney+. Plus, and we'll hold off Marvel movies for the theater since no one wants to watch them. I hate it. You can't win. <laughs> this is garbage. Um, remakes are good. I like remakes. Because... Like I said, the technology has improved from when the original movie ke- came out and I found the best way to enjoy remakes where you're not like, "Oh man, they ruined the the first movie" is if you can enjoy a remake as something separate from its original. Uh, a good a good example is on Netflix they released a uh, an adaptation of the manga, the Japanese manga Death Note and If you do a one-to-one comparison for Death Note on Netflix versus the the one you read in the comic or you you watch the anime of, it's no comparison. I mean, the, the Netflix one is terrible. But if you can go into that movie with kind of a fresh perspective where, you know, you just go, hey, this is a good movie in its own right. And it is. It's not a bad movie. The characters don't act the same as they do in the comic, but... If you, if you can make your brain met out those two different and distinct realities, well, then you can enjoy, enjoy the movie. But as far as a Disney remake goes, you can't ruin the original, but you can fuck up a remake. (laughs) All right, I'm done. I'm done rambling. That's it for the Friday show. Um, Make sure uh, on Monday you go rub some whiskey on your kid's teeth and put them to bed early uh, so you can tune in to the Monday Madness show with Anthony, you know, crank the podcast back up and listen to him talk. Uh, like I said, he's he's going to talk a little bit more about this console, console wars for this next generation. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. If you are on a channel or a host that allows you to leave a review, it would help us out tremendously uh, to do that. Y'all have a a banging weekend, and um, and we'll talk to you next week.